tonight, we have this real special privilege of hearing testimonies from four individuals. You'll see on your sheet there, two individuals to start out. They're going to serve the main course. Uh, so continue to eat rolls and salad while they share, and then we'll hit up the main course. We'll have a couple other testimonies. But first, I want to invite up Baylit. Baylit, come join us and share your testimony, please. I just wanted to start out by saying that this is not my testimony, it's God's. If it were up to me, I would still be lost, holding tight to my sin and trying to find self-fulfillment in all the things that would serve to separate me further from God. But in his incredible mercy, the Lord reached down and pulled me from the life I was drowning in and set me on the solid ground of his gospel. This was not an easy feat. I was stubborn in my selfishness, but like a loving father, the Lord was patient. He allowed me to go through some things that were difficult because he knew that ultimately that was the only way I would realize my need for him. You see, I grew up with a wonderful, supportive, loving Christian family who taught me about Christ and what he did on the cross, and it cultivated in me a deep love for the Lord. As a kid, God was my favorite subject, and with the carefree abandon that children possess, I would talk about him with anyone and everyone. However, I attended a public school, and this love for talking about God did not make me popular with my peers. <laughs> and for most of my childhood, I was teased, and I struggled making friends. This caused me to draw into myself more and more, and I found that the less I talked about God, the easier it became to make friends. I still attended church, and I went through the motions of my faith, but on the inside, I'd withdrawn from God, and his word no longer spoke to my heart, but was simply a string of terms I'd grown accustomed to hearing. Eventually, I began to doubt God's existence altogether, and doubt made me numb to the gospel. I started to hold tighter to the friends that would bully and belittle me, and in an attempt to gain acceptance and be taken seriously, I began to drink and to party in my senior year of high school. This, of course, was not the path I had ever intended for my life. So when I had a rude awakening one morning after losing more than just the memory of the previous night, I realized I needed to make a change. I was heartbroken and filled with self-loathing. And so I sought solace in the only one I knew I could count on, God. I don't know exactly when I was saved, but I do know that this was the point that I realized my need for God and that the path my life was on would only lead to death. So I prayed to God and asked for his forgiveness for what I'd become. But as much as I meant those words, my life didn't reflect it. Sure, I was making better choices, trying to live what I thought was a Christian life, but my heart had not felt the change. I was simply going through the motions again. That was the year I started college. And once more, I felt friendless and alone, but for the first time, without the comfort and support of my loving family. I began to feel deeply depressed, reaching an all-time low when a non-believing high school friend of mine died in a texting and driving accident. I was so confused and so angry, and I felt stuck in this deep, dark hole, alone and separate from everyone else. I'd put on my happy Christian face, attempting to appear strong and put together, while all the while hiding my true doubt and depression. I started changing things in my life, thinking that I could find joy if I was healthier, skinnier, prettier, had more friends, worked harder. I never thought to look at the state of my soul or to seek God because in my mind, I had already checked that off the list. 
I walked the walk, talked the talk, prayed the prayers. The hole in, the abil- in my ability to feel truly happy had to be something else, right? Then, about a year ago, I was invited to a Bible study with some girls from work, one of which was Michelle, who many of you know. Um, I jumped at the chance, thinking, yes, totally, this will be a great way to meet people and make friends. I didn't think about getting anything out of it because I'd heard it all before. I thought I knew all they could teach me. But (laughs) by God's incredible grace, that's not how it happened. I did indeed make some wonderful friends, but more importantly, I began to hear and understand the gospel. I finally realized what was missing from my life wasn't faith in God, but a love for him and a desire to know him more. For years before this, when I would talk about my faith, my favorite saying was, God is love which is true, but I was missing a huge component of his character. God is also just, and he is holy. He rightly demands perfection because sin cannot even exist in his pure and holy presence. But our sinful nature makes it impossible for any person to attain this necessary perfection. But in his incredible love, he gave his son, the only person who has ever lived that perfect life, to die so that we don't have to. And all we have to do is accept this amazing gift. I mean, doesn't that just blow you away? The God of the universe, this perfect, magnificent creator that designed and formed everything from the microorganisms that help us digest the delicious variety of food we're eating um, to the immense distant galaxies that science hasn't even discovered yet. All of this working in perfect harmony. This God who we scoff at, make jokes about, reject, and belittle. This God loves us and offers us the gift of salvation through his death on the cross, something we can never attain on our own. And all he asks is that we take up our cross and follow him. How can we not devote every waking breath that we're blessed with glorifying and obeying this God? Don't get me wrong, it's definitely not easy to do, and I fail often. (laughs) This world is full of distractions designed to pull us away from the Lord. But this is the journey I started on a year ago, when God used an incredible group of ladies to share with me the beauty of what it looked like to truly live out his gospel, through which I found freedom and joy like I had never experienced before. James 1, 2-3 says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. I've definitely found this to be true in my own life. When I think of how each difficulty served to bring me closer to him, producing in me a faith strong enough to endure a number of trials, including my MS diagnosis earlier this year. Trials that eventually led me to a deeper trust in the Lord and the perfection of his plan for me. In him, I have peace and fullness of joy, words that I repeated for most of my life but only recently understood. I'm so grateful I cannot help but strive to live out the rest of my days, growing in knowledge of my God who died to save me and learning to glorify him in every aspect of my life. Thank you. Hi, I'm Zach. We're going to turn our Bibles to Zephaniah here real quick. That's a joke. You don't have to. <laughs> um, No one wrote their Bible, did they? I was raised in Michigan by a Catholic father that hadn't been to Mass my entire life and a mother that had no spiritual background whatsoever. Throughout childhood, there was never any mention of God or Jesus, and to my knowledge, there's never even a Bible in my house. 
I did my best to live what I thought was a good life, but inevitably gave in to sin and temptation, especially regarding cursing, sexual immorality or lust, pride and greed. As 1 John 1.8 says, if we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. I always believed in God, but had no knowledge and admittedly no interest in finding out more. James 2.19 says, you believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. I never made any decisions or plans with a higher power in mind, but I ultimately chose to come to Bozeman, 10 Montana State, to run track and cross country. It's here that I fell into my deepest sin, drunkenness and addiction to alcohol. This led to many problems in my life with finances, relationships with family and friends, discipline, and multitudes of other sin that I regrettably used to enjoy. Despite multiple arrests, it wasn't until I woke up in a hospital with no recollection of how I got there that I realized I was missing something. It was that night that I turned to God. I did not yet know God, but I felt I desperately needed to. At that time, I didn't even know how to pray or what to pray for. I just knew I needed something greater than myself in my life. I prayed that night for God to show me what I needed to do, that I was lost, I needed to be saved. Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Although it was not an overnight transformation, the Lord really has done so much in me in a short amount of time. Whenever I started a veer off path, God showed me the way. I started going to a Catholic church until a good friend of mine, Matt Tex, gave me a Bible and introduced me to the Word of God in Christianity. He has helped me so much in my transformation, I truly believe God put in my life for that reason. I was then introduced to Athlete Bible Study, Grace Bible Church, and now Cross Life. Um, they have all been blessings the Lord has given me to help me teach me His Word, help me to have fellowship with other believers. I learned about repentance and that Jesus, though having lived a perfect life, died for my sins, was buried, and rose again on the third day. I learned that I could be saved by grace alone through faith alone because God gave His only Son. To continue on in 1 John, verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. At that time, I prayed to the Lord to repent for all my sins. I can honestly say the Lord has changed my life and me, and I'm so grateful for that. To this day, I've had not had another drop of alcohol in my faith, and the Lord gives me that strength. Uh, praise be to God, I made it to my 21st birthday, and praise the Lord, I'm able to spend it here with you guys tonight. I cannot say I chose this path, but I can say I wouldn't be here if I was on my own. As Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. This Thanksgiving, I can say I'm thankful for God's gift. I have grown to have a deep love for Christ and for the Word of God. I can feel in my heart the change that the Lord has made in me. I've grown to hate my sin, to love God and put my faith in Him. I now want to live a life that is pleasing to God and that follows His will for me. This year I'm living with other believers and it's been such a blessing the way the Lord has brought us together. I've also been blessed with the opportunity to be a leader in athlete Bible study, be able to grow in my own study as well as serve in that way. I've been so blessed by the people that God has put in my life and the opportunities I've been given to study the Word of God, to grow in my walk with the Lord. I want to do everything I can to glorify and honor the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 10.31 states, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all the glory of God. Pray for me, please, moving forward that I can be a positive influence on my teammates, my family, and whether I'm running or just being a man, pray that I do so to the glory of God. We are going to do the next two testimonies. Uh, the first testimony will be by Rachel Sullivan, and Rachel is a conservation biologist. 
I don't know what that means, but I can maybe guess. And she runs track here at MSU, is from Boise, Idaho. And then following Rachel is going to be Jack Grubb. And Jack is a freshman at Montana Bible College, and so we're excited to hear from both of them. Rachel, why don't you come on up? I was a little worried. Can you guys hear me? I was a little worried because Michelle took my paper and said she was going to put it on the podium. And I was like, oh, no. What if it's not on the podium when I get up there? But it's here, so we're all good. Um, I'm Rachel Sullivan, like Matt just introduced me, and uh, this is my testimony. I'm going to start with a little glimpse into my life before Christ and then tell how my life has changed since he became my Savior. I grew up in Boise, Idaho with happily married parents and a little brother who's really not so little anymore. He's about this tall. And uh, we ate dinner together every night. We played with our dogs and we went hunting every fall. My brother and I were some of the best runners on the track team and we were good students. We had funny friends and we got along great and we thought we were pretty cool. My parents were kind and I would consider us a good family and myself a good person with uh, upstanding morals and a happy attitude, but there's always a feeling that something was missing. Sometimes I would wonder why my life was so peachy, so to speak. I used to think that the reason my life was so perfect is because I did it by myself and it was all my own doing. Uh, my senior year of high school, I felt the smallest of tugs towards Christ. Our school had a very small Christian Bible seminar during the school day, a sort of alternative to the prevalent LDS culture in our school, where half of my class would attend Mormon seminary every day. After talking to a few believers in my classes, and out of curiosity of who this Christ person was, I signed up, but immediately felt a lot of pressure and questioning from my best friend and a lot of other people who knew me. They'd say things like, wait, you know that's a religious group, right? Or they'd say, you believe in God? Like, what are you talking about? So I didn't end up going to the study, mainly due to pressure from them, but I definitely had an interest. God was softening my heart towards Christ, despite all the negativity I developed towards the Mormon religion. I have since learned that religion does not save, only faith saves in Christ. I remember way back in my freshman year, someone told me something a little corny, and I'm a little embarrassed to say it because it sounds so goofy, but it's true, that Christianity isn't a religion, it's a relationship with Christ. Like John 3.16 says, I'm sure you guys have all heard this, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So that's where I realized that Christ is the one that saves you, not anything that you do, none of your own good works. So my freshman year in college, I arrived here at MSU, ready to study ecology and run with the cross-country and track team. And thank goodness for God, he put me on the eighth floor of the North Hedges, a floor filled with crew girls. So crew, for those of you who don't know, it's a Christian organization on college campuses aimed at evangelizing students. I quickly found out that my roommate, my neighbors, my new friends, some of my teammates, they were all Christians. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. I can ask them my questions. I can learn. Um, it was a really exciting time. Everyone was really kind and welcoming to me. And soon I was meeting with two older women from crew. Their names are Molly and Rochelle. And they led me through a pamphlet called Knowing God Personally, uh, which is similar to the gospel track. Uh, after a few discussions, we prayed a prayer, and I was saved, or so I thought. I continued to eagerly meet with the women, soaking up the word. I began attending E-Free Church and started going to Athletes in Action Bible study, but the old ways of the world were still on me, and sin was still rampant in my life. As I continued in school and running and moved off campus, I became more aware of sin in the world and in my life. <laughs> I used to think I was pretty good. Uh, I found myself thinking I was better than other people and the things that they did. I thought drinking and parties were for crazy kids, but I found myself doing that. I was prideful of my body as an athlete and wasn't modest. 
I talked about my teammates behind their backs because I thought I was better than them. I thought criminals were terrible people and that I wasn't nearly as evil as them. But in reality, the only thing that separated me from being a murderer and being a thief and being a criminal was the grace of God. He didn't let me do those evil things. I remember an Athletes in Action Bible study when Matt Tebow was teaching about three years ago. He gave an example of a red piece of paper and a white piece of paper. Uh, the red paper was us, it was sin and humans, and the white piece of paper was Christ, pure and holy. Uh, the point, and he took a red marker, and <laughs> I kind of laughed, I wore a white shirt today, and I was thinking, I was like, oh man, I hope I don't spill any of that punch on me because it has cranberry juice in it, it's gonna stain me. And so the white was like the pureness of Christ, but the red was the evilness of humans, and when you take that cranberry juice or that red marker and you compare it to the red, you can't see it. If I drew on your shirt, on your red shirt, you wouldn't be able to see the red marker, but if I drew it on my shirt, you'd see it and it'd be so clear. So the point was that you can't see sin when you're living by the world's standards, but when the red marker was drawn across the white paper, the contrast was stark. By living my life according to Christ's example, sin became much more obvious. It seemed like I was living right because I was comparing myself to the world, but when fixing my gaze upon Christ, I was terribly sinful. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9, which I think Zach read, said, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. I cannot claim to be saved on my own, by my own works, or by my own goodness, only by God's grace was I brought to salvation. So over the next few years, I became more involved in athlete Bible study and began spending more time in God's presence, praying and reading his word. It's been amazing to see and thank him for the blessings that he's placed in my life and the changes he's made on my heart, all because of his grace and love. I cannot place my salvation on any particular day or even a certain month. It always seems to change when someone asks me, I'm like, well, sometime late fall, early winter, late spring, but somewhere in late fall or spring of my freshman year, I became a Christ follower. To say that the last three years have been full of growth and faith in the Lord, though, would be a lie. I've had trials and temptations that have made me question God's decisions, with death being a struggle for me, as well as keeping near to God while spending summers with my unbelieving family. Uh, three summers ago, I was helping at my brother's high school cross-country camp. I couldn't get away from running. And uh, a girl in our camp drowned. Seeing her death and the grief of my old team was challenging to me, but it showed me my weaknesses and that my faith in Christ was weak. I failed to trust in the Lord in those times and let the grief overwhelm me. In those months, I realized I needed to cling to God wholeheartedly in all times, good and bad, to always be rejoicing in him. My prideful heart made me think that I could take away people's pain, that I could comfort them, or maybe even that I could have saved Yvonne. Um, but I could not have saved her, nor could anyone else. Uh, the thought that life could be so quickly and easily taken away also frightened me. James 4.14 says, Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Uh, so just, just to think that you could die any day. You don't know when your time is up, and you don't know when that time's going to come, and to think that you were being idle or you weren't following your Lord as closely as you, as you truly desire to, that really scared me and made me think. Um, but going home for the summers without Bible study, without a church, without fellowship, showed me my immaturity in Christ, and I drifted away from him. I thought I would be able to stand on my own, that I was strong enough to keep my faith, but without his word, without prayer, without worship and fellowship with all you wonderful people, I became distant from my God. Once again, I thought that my good deeds and works were enough and, uh, and that that would be pleasing to the Lord. These situations and many others have also taught me to be bold in my evangelism. 
for life on earth is temporary and no day should be wasted. Reading and sharing God's word are things to be uh, not pushed tomorrow, something that I'm challenged with with my family. Sometimes it's so hard to just, or easy to go home and see my family and just fall back and just hanging out, watching TV, playing with the dogs and all the old things we used to do, but uh, to speak the word to them is essential. Uh, besides, why would anyone not want to proclaim our God to every ear, even the unlistening ears? Um, he is worthy of our praise. I know that we now we are called to be faithful to God and to praise his name in all our days. A favorite verse of mine is also another one from Ephesians, chapter 2, 4 through 5. It says, But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. So despite all the imperfections and sin and pride in my life, God loves me more and is full of mercy. Looking back, I can see the emptiness in my before Christ life, and it's funny how my life won't seem so sinless, but with a perfect Savior, I can see all my imperfections, which only increases my desire for him and my need for him, my strong Savior. He will never leave me, and in times of trial or doubt, I know, as Psalm 37:24 says, though he fall, he shall not be cast headlong, for the Lord upholds his hand. So to leave off, I just wanted to include one of my favorite songs. I'm not going to sing, uh, but it's in Christ alone. And these two lines I'm going to tell to you, I hope are going to be our prayer every day. Um, in Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. Thank you. Howdy. A lot of people here, so it's a good thing I'm not nervous at all. <laughs> okay. Uh, like Matt said, I'm a freshman at Montana Bible College. Um, I was born and raised in Conrad, Montana. I was led to Christ by my parents when I was eight years old, and I understood that Jesus died in my place and that my sins were forgiven. Uh, only through his crucifixion. However, I did not understand the weight of Christ's sacrifice and what that meant for my life or how fortunate I was to be called a child of God. My walk with the Lord was somewhat weak and lacked meaning for me. And when I got to high school, it showed. I was a different person on Sunday than the rest of the week. I was a dull and lukewarm Christian who was being pulled in by the desires of the world. The desire to fight off the ways of this world was lacking in my life. In the summer of 2013, I went to CBRN Bible Camp, and uh, through the speaker that week, Tanner Ripley, Jesus Christ changed my life. My eyes were open to the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. As 1 John 1.6 says, if we claim to have fellowship in him, yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live by truth. And that made me take a step back and look at my life, and I was living a lie. It became real to me. I saw that sin was on the throne of my life, controlling me. I saw not only my sin, but who I was sinning against, Jesus, the Lamb of God, who was slain in my place. I was humbled and decided that I was going to live according to the words of Jesus, <clears throat> which means I must deny myself, take up my cross, and follow Jesus day by day.
Skipping ahead to the past few months of my life, I can look back and am grateful that I was given the chance to draw near to my Savior. Because of God's grace, these last few months have been full of spiritual growth and maturing in my walk with Christ. <clears throat> it is growth like I have not experienced. I can remember in past years growing in short bursts that slow down soon after, such as after a camp or a retreat. These last few months, however, have been a slow grind in which Christ has drawn me to himself through daily devotion to him and his word. I've been challenged greatly and have been able, through the power of Christ, to make war against my sin. The sufficiency of God and his holy word is something I'm beginning to grasp. It is easy for me to say that sin is not what I desire, but to truly live that out is beyond me. I have no other option but to lean on the grace and mercy of God, clinging to the cross of Christ, where power over sin is found. God is revealing to me that he and he alone is sufficient, and nothing apart from him <clears throat> can bring, bring me true joy and hope. A verse that I have loved for a long time is Psalm 73, 25, and 26, which states, Whom have I in heaven but you? and there is nothing on earth I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. I'm reminded by this verse of the weakness of man. Apart from Christ, I have nothing. Only what I do for Christ will last. All else is vanity. I pray that I will keep these truths in mind as I live, knowing that it is by grace that I am here today as a fellow believer in Jesus Christ. I hope you know that the joy I have in following Jesus has far surpassed anything else I have known. I would challenge any of you here to look and see where your hope is found. Is it found in something temporary that is passing away with this world, or is it found in the everlasting love of our great God and the sacrifice of Jesus that brings eternal life? And uh, just before I close, I'd like to uh, just share a song that's been pretty meaningful to me over the years, and it's called all glory be to Christ, and I'll just uh, share with you the first verse. Should nothing of our efforts stand, no legacy survive. Unless the Lord does raise the house, in vain its builders strive. To you who boast tomorrow's gain, tell me, what is your life? A mist that vanishes at dawn. All glory be to Christ. Thanks. Tremendous testimonies, guys. Thank you. Uh, encouraging to my own heart and soul.